The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG, and thank you for the support. Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm also on Facebook, Alex Meacham. LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. Snapchat, at BigMeach41. And now, thanks to my producer, Stu Holt, I'm on TikTok, at Alex Meacham41. And I have to do a better job of trying to post some TikTok videos. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I actually just kind of like creep through TikTok and just scroll and see what, what people are doing. But I need to start uh, posting some. Um, I need to start this podcast off um, by saying rest in peace to Darren Davenport. Uh, Jeremiah Davenport, one of the star basketball players of the University of Cincinnati and Moeller High School, stud player um and and also the whole Davenport family is so athletic and brothers all play daughter plays basketball and and Jeremiah obviously um their father Darren Davenport passed away um on Easter Sunday and it was just really really devastating to to hear about the the passing of Darren um really really good good person um great father great husband Many people know him from, he played at uh, Mount Healthy back in the day. He uh, refereed a lot of games, you know, AAU, summer league stuff, um, coached uh, just uh, just around the game of basketball and has done a tremendous, tremendous job raising his children. Um, they are tremendous athletes and tremendous people. And, you know, what's, what's so sad, I think, about the situation is when there was a mass exodus of players jumping in the transfer portal this season where we have a total of six something like that jeremiah davenport came out and said hey i'm not going anywhere i'm not jumping into the portal and one of the comments that jeremiah made was you know my father taught me you finish what you started and i'm not leaving the university of cincinnati and shortly after that comment his father passes away and it just, it really hit my heart. Um, it hurt me to see that I've known Jeremiah since he was just a little guy. And uh, my heart goes out to the entire Davenport family. And uh, rest in peace, Darren Davenport. Um, also, I want to mention that um, we've had some delays uh, because the process, I think, was a lot more extensive than we realized. But um, I finished up my audiobook, Walk of a Lifetime. And we had to get some things cleared, and you've got to run it through this whole process to get an audio book released. And so we're, we're getting pretty close, and we're going to launch a 10-day kind of promotion uh, for the audio book. And I'm telling you, this promotion is fantastic. I'm, I'm Shout out to Stu Holt, who came up with the idea, and shout out to Colin Cruzy, who helped execute the idea. 
And it's all going to lead into uh, the audiobook Walk of a Lifetime that I'm extremely, extremely excited for. So Bearcat fans, um, I'll make sure I'll let everyone know when that's ready. Um, and I also want to say thanks to all the Bearcat fans out there for um, their support. Um, you know, we did the podcast, The State of uh, UC Basketball, and I'm telling you, that podcast blew every podcast I've ever done out of the water. The numbers were insane. Um, and you know what? Listen, I, 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 I dislike that my best uh, or most listened to podcast was under, you know, controversy with, with John Brannon and where the program is. Um, I'm appreciative that so many people listen to it. And, and probably the positive of it is um, other podcasts that I did that I think are very positive, informative, with former player interviews really got out there more. And people actually, um, you know, the numbers for those went up a tremendous amount. So, um, Bearcat fans, thank you for your support. Uh, the Bearcat Basketball Podcast is available on um, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You, you can get on all those different platforms. So you can also listen to There are a lot of great former player interviews. And what, what's funny is doing this podcast, a lot of times some of the fans don't know that I've interviewed certain former players. And they're like, they always wonder, like, where's this guy been? Where's that guy been? And I send them the interview I did. And they're like, that was amazing. Like, it's great to hear from that guy. So if you get a chance, go back and kind of scroll through and maybe find uh, one of your former players that uh, you grew up watching and loved, Lizelle Durden, Darnell Burton, uh, Damon Flint, uh, Keith Greger. Like, I can go on on Corey Blunt, Terry. No, I, mean, I go on and on. I've interviewed almost everybody. Now, I will say this. I've got some some great stuff coming up uh, regarding uh, this podcast. I have some great interviews, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit uh, at the end. Um, now, listen. <clears throat> Gosh. There's so much that I need to talk about on this podcast, and there are, there, there's, there's a lot of information that I know that I can't speak on, and I know Bearcat fans want all the dirt. They want all, you know, this is like keeping up with the Kardashians, I say, like, everybody wants to, to, to know what's going on behind the closed doors and the locker room and all that good stuff, and there are a lot of things that I know that, number one, I will never speak on because I can't break the trust of those that um, told me the information or just, you know, within the University of Cincinnati walls. And I don't want to break that trust. Now, there are certain things that I will talk about that I feel it's important that Bearcat Nation knows. Um, and, and listen, there are some things that have happened that we will never know. We will never know all the facts of what happened. And people are just going to have to, you know, be comfortable with that and, and move forward. So, okay, let's jump into what we're going to cover on this uh, this podcast, some of the topics. I'm going to talk about, of course, John Brannon. I'm going to talk about John Cunningham, the transfer portal, uh, potential coaches. Uh, what's, what's the alumni role in all this stuff? You know, former players, like how are we involved and intermixed in um, everything that's going on? Uh, I'm going to address some of the rumors, you know, what's – true what's not true just some of them and much much more so uh, this segment here is sponsored by the college of arts and sciences at the university of cincinnati they have a new flexible bachelor's degree 
that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably, and you won't lose any credit or have to start over. So let me jump into uh, Coach Brandon, and I want to say this first and foremost. Um, John Brandon from the first day that I got to know him, and I've known him for a while. I've known him since he was an assistant coach at Alabama and, um, you know, running my AU program, Shining Star Sports. Um, You know, we had a kid that uh, a lot of almost – every school in the Midwest to South was after one of our kids. And um, he ended up signing with IU and then transferred to of all schools, Xavier and finished his career at Xavier. But uh, they were recruiting him at Alabama when John Brandon was there uh, with Anthony Grant, who's now at uh, university of Dayton. So I've known John Brandon for a long time. And then when he got to NKU, he reached out and said, Hey, I'm here at NKU. Anytime you want to come over, come to a game, please let me know. And, um, just great guy, and some of our players went on to play at NKU for him and had a great experience. So when he got hired, I was extremely excited um, about the potential for the Bearcat basketball program. Um, he has treated me the same from day one until um, he got fired. Um, he's always been good to me, and I said this on Twitter that he's been great to my family. Um, speaks to my father, always asks me how my father's doing. And um, that goes a long way with me. And at the end of the day, whatever happened at the university happened. But um, he was great to me. He was great to a lot of my former teammates at UC. I mean, if you notice, there were a lot of former players that supported him and because um, he treated us, I think, very well and was very welcoming us to the program. You know, I had to do an interview um uh, for I, I serve on a, a a local nonprofit called Talbert House, in which we do a lot of work with. Um, well, it's it's multi-layered um, organization, but specifically the committee that I sit on, we help down and out fathers get rehabilitated. They may have been released from prison, jail, uh, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and we help get them rehabilitated back on their feet, get them in the workforce, and uh, receive a lot of funds to do this but we have a very large fundraiser and I asked coach Brandon if he would allow me to sit down and interview him about being a father and his relationship with his father who had passed away and he texts me back says I'm in where do you need me he came and spent an hour and a half uh, with me and the production team to do this I didn't even have to go through like setting it up with an assistant and doing all this and that I mean he was there he was in um, and I really appreciate him for that. And I, I will say this, too. Let me segue that into saying I really do believe the death of John Brandon's father really impacted him more than we'll ever know and more than I think he will admit. I think it really did affect him coaching-wise. I mean, that's his support system. If you think about John Brandon, his father was always sitting behind the bench or close to him, and he didn't have him. You know, after that whole, you know, the pandemic and th- this whole season was really rough and he didn't have his support system in his father. And I think it did wear on him. Um, and I want to say this, and, I, and I've said a lot of, you know, really good things about Coach Brandon. Um, but I also want to say, just like anybody at that level, um, they make missteps. Um, they make mistakes. They don't do everything the right way. Obviously, if you have six kids that jump into the transfer portal, there's a disconnect between you, your staff, and the players. Something wasn't right. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm here to say, 
I don't think the players that jumped in the portal are all soft, privileged kids that didn't have a reason to do that. Um, they very well could have had legitimate reasons. Now, do I think all six did? No. I think some of them, it was an easy way out. Um, it became kind of the cool thing. Hey, we're out of here. We're all, we're all doing this. Let's let us all jump ship. Um, and and they, it kind of went down like that in, in, in some regards. Um, and, and listen, it, it, if everything is, is, you know, peaches and cream over there, these kids wouldn't have jumped in the portal. So obviously there was a disconnect. And I think Coach Brandon and his staff, obviously you learn from different things that happen, mistakes you make, missteps. And um, I, I'm sure – they learn from that, and moving forward, they'll become, you know, better coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches, and all that. Um, and you know what? The, the, the transfer portal, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later, but the transfer portal has really made it easy for these kids to just kind of jump ship. And it makes it tough on these college coaches. You know, you look at Roy Williams, who is a Hall of Famer, uh, coaching at one of, the, one of the Blue Bloods. I mean, there's... You could put North Carolina up there as, as one of the top basketball programs ever. I mean, the greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan, played at North Carolina. So there's just such a rich tradition there. And Roy Williams, honestly, you know, he he was getting a little tired of having to deal with things like the portal uh, recruiting and where that was headed. He just didn't want to have to deal with that and put his staff through having to deal with those situations. So – um, it, the portal does make it an easy way for these kids just to kind of jump. Now, it's now I, I really think it is good for certain kids. Certain kids need that portal, and um, hopefully they find a better home. So not not all of it's bad. We can sit here and bitch and complain about it, but um, there is some good. I think they need to kind of massage and figure out how to how to make it better because you think about it. If there are, and I'm going to use my Roger Bacon math here, there are 350 Division I colleges, I believe. You multiply that by 12 players, you're talking 4,200. 4, hopefully I'm getting this right. 4,200 you know, Division I players. And the portal was at 1,400 kids? That's insane. That is, that is insane. They have to figure out a better way. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the portal a little bit later, but back to John Brandon. I'm just kind of looking at the process where, you know, these kids all jump in the portal. Then Coach Brandon gets suspended um, with pay, and he can't recruit, which which basically tells me John Brandon was fired way before. Like, it wasn't a decision they made at that point. Like, I believe that after the, what was that, 25-day pause and they come back, I think I think there was a process of uh, we're going to let this guy go. I, I think that process started at that point or, or somewhere near there. So when he's suspended without pay, to me it's just a matter of how are they figuring out to fire him with just cause, not pay that 5.5. The lawyers are figuring everything out, which I'm going to talk about John Brand's lawyer here in a little bit. But – um, you know, they send he's under investigation, which I don't know that we ever heard or we ever will hear what were the details of the investigation. Like, we never heard that. I don't think we ever will. Um, and then, um, not shocking to me and, and many people, he was eventually fired. 
Um, which, you know, like I said, I feel bad for Coach Brandon. Um, you know, just from a standpoint, that's you know, that's that, that's a tough deal. He never got to coach a full a full season with the Bearcats. Think about that. Two years, he never coached a full season and had his guys from beginning to end. Think about that. Um, so Coach Brandon called me on Monday. Well, we spoke on Monday. Um, we had a good call. And, um, you know, I told him, I thanked him for his time and um, for being great to me and great to my father. Um, and, you know, I asked him what, what was the toughest part um, with the whole firing. And he said that, you know, having to explain this to his daughters, you know, he's got two twin daughters, you know, his wife's very upset and just, just kind of having to talk to his daughters who go to school in, in Northern Kentucky and they have to, they have to deal with that. They were on Twitter and they've got to get off Twitter because their dad's getting killed on Twitter. Um, so, but, but, he, but, you know, he was, he was in a positive mindset. He had just gotten back from Jeremiah Davenport's dad's funeral, uh, when he had called me and, um, I think he's in a better space. Um, and I, I'm going to go over to his house and, and, uh, we talked about, you know, me coming over hopefully sometime next week and sitting with him and talking a little bit more and, um, just tough. And I, I, I think at some point we will see Coach Brandon as an assistant coach, whether it's Louisville or Dayton, who he worked for both those, you know, he worked for um, Anthony Grant um, in Alabama, and he's now at UD. And uh, Coach Mack and, and Coach Brandon are very, very good friends. So I could see him at Louisville or Dayton at some point. Um, I could see him going to Louisville more than Dayton because Louisville is obviously a little bit higher profile. He'd be recruiting higher level players. Um, then he had just kind of have to work his way back into the system. And, you know, you hope a UNC Wilmington or somebody takes a chance on him eventually and he gets back into coaching ranks. So I hope that works out for him. Um, you know, it was, I mentioned his lawyer, and I want to talk about his lawyer real quick. His lawyer got on Twitter, and he friended, you know, he friended me, he friended a lot of people in the media, some former players. And I know as I was tweeting things and other people were tweeting things, he was kind of um, responding and, and, and giving people, you know, some two cents. Now, listen, say what you want about his lawyer. You didn't, you know, some Bearcat fans didn't like what his lawyer had to say, and um, uh he gets the job done. If you go look at his track record, that lawyer, <laughs> that dude wins some battles, that's for sure. And he's trying to create chaos. So, I mean, I understand that. And, and, and in Coach Brandon's defense, he's like, I want to know what, what the hell I did. And, you know, that's tough. And John Brandon was criticized by some Bearcat fans for not speaking out, not, not, not defending himself, not speaking to Bearcat Nation. But at the same time, what's he to say? I mean, I just don't – I don't know – well, first of all, lawyers and different people and the university didn't want him speaking out. And, um, you know, it, it, it was a tough situation, I think, for, for everybody involved. Um, but listen – I'm going to say this, and that is um, I wish Coach Brandon nothing but the best. Um, I hope um, he finds, you know, good space and a good job at some point and uh, has success. Um, the Bearcat Basketball Podcast is presented by the Healthcare Management Group. So now I want to, I want to jump into uh, some of the rumors. There was so much stuff on the Internet that just wasn't true. And, you know, I'm on Twitter and I'm seeing, I'm scrolling through and I, I'm not commenting. I'm not saying very much because I know a little bit more than I probably should. And I felt like if I commented or said anything, it would come across cryptically and people would kind of read between the lines and certain stuff. So I just didn't comment. And, um, 
I, there was just so much bad info out there. And I, I, I do want to say that the University of Cincinnati being silent during this whole process, that creates the rumors and the bad information. So, and listen, we don't know and I don't know everything that was going on at the university behind closed doors. Um, John Cunningham is a smart, smart person. Um, he, he, he's not dumb. He, you don't get to that level of be a dumb dude. Now, them being silent in a PR standpoint, I would have probably done some things differently. Um, but so much was being thrown out on, in that fire hydrant of information we call Twitter. And just a lot of bad information and just stuff that was not true, which I'm going to jump into. Actually, I'm going to jump into a couple of those rumors a little bit later as I, I navigate through my four pages of note here, notes. And I told my producer, Stu, I was going to try to keep this at 30 minutes. And um, the way the time looks, is that's not going to work. So we'll see what happens. But um, let's talk about how the Bearcats, that from an athletic, stand, athletic director and um, athletic department standpoint, how they handled this situation. Now, I don't want to be overly critical of them because, listen, I don't know everything that happened, nor will I probably ever. So I'm not in John Cunningham's seat, and I don't want to be critical without knowing everything. So I, I want to say this, and I'm going to say this without giving away some information, but John Cunningham did call me at the start of the Bearcat basketball season. Um, John Brandon had given him my number, and I did have a conversation with John, John Cunningham, and it wasn't in relation to John Brandon. Or Coach Brandon actually gave Cunningham my number. Um, and it, it was just in terms of helping, helping Bearcat basketball improve you know, off the court. There were just, just things that I could lend some resources to. So he and I had a wonderful conversation. He, he came across very intelligent, um, great pulse on what's going on, um, you know, sometimes I have conversations with people at high levels that sit in these these high-level offices, and they are just so clueless of what's going on at the ground level. And I will say John Cunningham was was very in tune with what's going on. I was pleasantly surprised. So as I'm watching all this unfold, I think back to our conversation, our phone call, and I'm like, he knows something, and there's something going on that we don't. So let me step back from my criticism. If you, if you notice on Twitter, I did not go at him at all or the university. My only thing was I wish more comments were made in relation to the process. So, you know, John Cunningham could could come out with different statements, videos of, hey, we are we're, we're we've got, you know, Bearcat basketball in our best interest and we're working hard. To, you know, just just something. We need to see your face. We need to hear your voice. And I, I would tend to think they probably know that now and they're so deep into the waters. It's like, well, can't get out of this now let's just move forward um and, and the president um you know you, you think about this we go from having president ono who is all over campus high-fiving everybody he's at, at restaurants all over uh, everybody loved him he was a personality in the city i had friends that go to xavier that work at xavier who said they loved ono that like got pictures with him i'm like you go to xavier dude like that's bizarre. So he just had that personality, whereas 
Pino, the new president, we've not seen him in that. You, you don't expect every person that comes along to be the same. Um, but he didn't have much to say, and I, um, I don't know if it's out there yet, but I know that he had uh, heart surgery um, when all this was going down. So medically he was um, – uh, not able to, I think, be involved in this, but I think he was, you know, kept abreast as far as what was going on. Um, and listen, I, I, I'm going to say this without giving away some things, but I think there was a lot going on in the athletic department that we don't know about that kind of caused a lot of um, the PR nightmare, quote unquote, that was going on. So I don't, I don't want to be too critical or, or have Bearcat fans jump to uh, conclusions. Now, let me say all this to lead to this. Let's talk about potential candidates, all right? So there are several candidates I want to talk about, and I'm going to keep it down to three. And my concern, though, is by the time this podcast releases, there's going to be a new head coach at the University of Cincinnati. So, um, and I'm, I'm recording this at a time where I don't have all the information, so something could go down. But let, let, let's look. I'm going to narrow it down to three people. Ryan Peden, Wes Miller, and Eric Martin. So, you know, I know Ryan Peden. I've known Ryan Peden since 2002 when he was at Miami Oxford. Um, he recruited a lot of our uh, shining star players, uh, several of our players, uh, Quentin Rollins, Josh Sewell, all played for him at Miami, or Charlie Cole, and um, he recruited our players. I've known him for a long time. Um, when he was at Butler, uh, he's been at Ohio State, I believe, for I think he's in his fifth year. He's, he's really been close with Holtman. Uh, Ryan Peden is a great, great human being, like just a great guy, great father, great husband. Um, he's a guy that I wouldn't mind having as the head coach of the University of Cincinnati because um, I just know what type of character he has, how hard he works. So um, I'm sure it's gotten out by now that uh, Ryan Peden has interviewed. Um, if it hasn't, I guess I kind of spilled the beans on that. But um, Ryan Peden did call me twice um, during this process. We spoke about some different things, um, and he, he's, he's a great human being. Uh, Jumping to Wes Miller real quick. Uh, Wes Miller is the head coach of UNC Greensboro. Um, I believe he started his career at James Madison and then transferred to North, uh, North Carolina, played there. Uh, he might have played a little bit overseas professionally. Uh, he comes from a very, very wealthy family. Um, I think one of the more wealthy families in North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I'm sure he's got some heavy hitters behind him. But what's been most impressive about him is um, his ability to take that UNC Greensboro team and really um, turn that program into a competitive, competitive program. So um, I have a friend that is at a top, high-level Division One school, um, and he's an assistant, top assistant coach who knows Wes Miller, and my friend called me today and said, Wes Miller is a good dude and a great coach, and he was on campus for an interview. And um, I, I text uh, my friend back, this assistant coach, and I said, if Wes Miller was to get, to job, get the job, do you think he would do a good job? And he says, absolutely. He's a good dude. So another, another candidate that I don't know him, but I feel comfortable based on my friend who recommended him. Um, third and last is Eric Martin. Um, 
And I think everybody knows where I'm going to go with this. Eric Martin uh, has been with uh, Hugs at West Virginia for 14 seasons. Obviously, an alumni. Um, Eric Martin is just one of those guys that everybody likes. You can't find anybody that doesn't like Eric Martin. If you don't like Eric Martin, there's something wrong with you. He's that type of person. Um, and, and listen, here, here's what I like about Eric Martin. Um, the dude can recruit. He can absolutely recruit. I went to a West Virginia practice. Um, I can't remember how many years ago it was. And I was there for the entire practice, and Eric Martin literally ran 70% of that practice that day. I mean, he was in the players. He held them accountable. Um, of course, Hugs was involved, but Eric Martin was the – the 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 life of that practice so I, i'm confident that he could do the job um looking at him bringing in a guy like nick van exo as an assistant coach with him i know the question was uh does nick have a degree and my my um what i've been told is that nick could come in as a certain level assistant and work towards his degree so he would have to sign up online for classes and i know eric would uh look at bringing nick with him and think about that from a recruiting standpoint holy moly I mean, that would be um, unbelievable. Um, I have had a tremendous amount of conversations with Eric Martin about getting the University of Cincinnati coaching job. Um, Talked to him quite a bit. Um, I love Eric, and um, I would love dearly for him to have the opportunity to interview. I know he's, I think he's had a second interview. He called me after it, and um, I'd love for him to have the opportunity. If it's, if it's not in the cards, um, Eric Martin will be a head coach somewhere very soon. You best believe that. Um, and I would love to see him roaming the sidelines. <clears throat> so people have asked me, who, who would you vote to, to have as your head coach? Um, and it's tough because I'm friends with Ryan Peden. I don't know Wes, but I'm hearing great things. I know Eric. Um, I, I mean, I personally, I would love to see Eric Martin be the next head coach. Um, I think he would, you know, uh, bring this fan base together. Um, I would love to see, you know, a former player, black coach, too. Uh, we haven't had one since Tony Yates, obviously. Um, and I, I think that would be excellent. Um, so, of course, I would I would love to see Eric Martin. Um, from, from everything I hear about Wes Miller, if he was to get the job, um, I would back him. I would support him, and I would look forward to watching him build this program if he does what he did at UNC Greensboro. Now, he's not going to be the sexy name hire. And a lot of fans are probably going to be upset because he was, quote, unquote, not the sexy hire name. Um, and they're going to go, oh, this is John Brandon 2.0. Like, here we go again. Um, but you got to give a guy an opportunity. You got to give him a chance, plain and simple. Same with Ryan Peden. He doesn't have the sexy name. Um, but, but these guys have to start somewhere. They have to have opportunity. Um, and, you know, obviously, Wes Miller has the opportunity, UNC Greensboro, being the only guy that I have listed thus far who has head coaching experience. But Ryan Peden's going to have to start somewhere. So, like I said, of these three guys, I wouldn't have any problem with any three of these guys. Eric Martin would be definitely, you know, my number one guy. Uh, Wes Miller would, would rise up because he has head coaching experience. So, you know, I kind of I lean towards that. He knows how to grow a program, and I think that's impressive. Um, but you, you would never want to um, discredit a young, hungry guy like Orion Peden. Um, the Bearcat Basketball Podcast is presented by the Healthcare Management Group. All right, so now, now that I've talked about that a little bit, let's jump into when to expect a coaching hire. Um, now, 
I'm like I said, I'm recording this on Wednesday uh, evening. Um, we could hear something tonight. We could hear something in the morning. Um, I got a text message that there will be a press conference either Thursday or Friday for sure. So Bearcat fans, it could be a Beyonce album. It could drop in the middle of the night. You know, Beyonce is notorious for just dropping an album. But be prepared. We will have a new head coach at the University of Cincinnati very, very soon. Okay. Uh, a couple more things I want to I want to jump into here. Um, the future of the Bearcat basketball program. Whoever gets this job needs to put their arms around recruiting locally. Uh, that's very very important. We have so many, I think, players here locally that if you can get your arms around them, get them to stay in Cincinnati. Whoo! I'm telling you, think about this. You had. Deuce McBride go to West Virginia. You got Jackson Hayes go to Texas, who's now in the NBA. You got Darius Baisley, who was top 25. Carly Jones, who tore it up at Louisville, could be a pro. I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, C.J. Frederick, who's at Iowa, one of the sharpshooters in the country. I mean, just imagine if you have those guys staying in town wearing the red and black. If you look locally right now, you got Paul McMillan IV at Woodward. You got Rayvon Griffith at Taft, who's a number 22 player in the country. Evan Mahaffey at Moeller, who's been offered by a lot of Division I schools. Nate Dudukovic, who's at uh, uh, Lakota West. He's going to be a high-level recruit. He's only a sophomore right now. You get those guys to potentially – well, let me say this. I know for a fact these guys would stay home if the right guy gets that head coaching job and puts their arms around him. Could you imagine that? Just take those guys and sprinkle some other recruits around them and build that. Woo, Bearcat basketball could be back strong. So the future of the program, I think one of the things that needs to happen right away is putting your arms around the local recruiting scene. And then you look at the – you know, you look at the state, you look at the region. There are a lot of great players in, in Kentucky. There are a lot of great players in Indiana and all over the state of Ohio. You just draw a circle around that. You could put together a top basketball program right there. Okay, the next thing, we need to get some swag back to the Bearcats. And, and listen, that, that I don't think John Brandon had the time to put his system in and kind of get things moving, but we need to get that swag back. Um, and, and that swag from the 90s, and I, and I don't mean to be one of those guys that's like, oh, he's going to start talking and hugging stuff again. No, we had so much swag back then that basically on the court, how the players dressed, just like everywhere around the country, players were looking at the University of Cincinnati. Like that, that was it. I mean, think about that team with Kenya Martin, DeMar Johnson, Kenny Satterfield, Pete Michael, Steve Logan. I mean, swag goo. Like, we we can get back to that. And I think that that next coach has to have that mentality. And trust me, I could help that coach out with that. I got some, I got some more in-depth uh, ideas. Um, this next coach has to engage with the fan base. The fan base, a lot of folks have kind of fallen off because of what's going on. The timetable for all this. Um, you know, some look at how the athletic de department's handled this, and they're not happy. So, listen, at the end of the day, we got to get some people back in the seats at the University of Cincinnati in the shoe. That coach has to come with energy. That coach has to engage with the fan base and go, we need you. Here I am. Get involved in the community. Start that nonprofit. 
get out there and go to every sports stag in Cincinnati, northern Kentucky. Drive to wherever you have to drive and meet with people. Go to restaurants. Be visible. That coach has to do that with this great fan base. Don't be that. And I'm going to tell whoever gets this job, don't be that guy that sits in your office and you think that just winning is going to fix everything because it ain't because you aren't going to win right away. You're going to have to build and you have to build it with the fan base first and get out in the community. Bring back former players is my next thing. Um, whoever gets this job has to put their arms around a lot of these former players and say, we need you back. You look at a James White, Corey Blunt, Terry Nelson, um, Dermar Johnson, Leonard Stokes, Steve Logan, Melvin Levitt. I mean, all these guys are around. Bring them back. Highlight them. Get them to speak to the team. Get them to mentor the current players. Um, all this stuff, I believe Coach Brandon was trying to put in place, but, you know, obviously um, in two years this couldn't happen. But those things that I just listed, that has to happen moving forward. And if those things happen, I'm telling you, the brand of Bearcat basketball whew, is tough. The structure's there. It really, it's a great, great school. It's a great institution. It's a great athletic department. It's a great facility for basketball. And, and people still remember all the great players that played at the University of Cincinnati. This segment is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They have a new flexible bachelor's degree that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably. And you won't lose any credit or have to start over. All right, so let me jump into um, two things. I, I do want to talk about recruits because I was getting hit up a lot on Twitter asking about, you know, how are they going to get players there? So a couple things. Transfer portal. Now, how many guys are left in the transfer portal? I don't know. That changes every day. There were 1,400 the other day. It dropped. I don't know. Who, who knows what's left? Then you have to look at what guys are actually interested in coming to the University of Cincinnati because a lot of these players know what has gone on. Coach Brandon was fired. Guys are jumping into the portal. People are asking the question, like, what's going on there? So you're going to have to find a certain player that you know is willing to come in and help be a part of the rebuild. And I'm sorry. This is a rebuild, folks. You can you can slice the pie any way you want to. You can put whipped cream, cherry, call it whatever you want. This is a rebuild, okay? We're down to three, four, I don't know, four players. I, I, I don't even know at this point. Um you're bringing a whole new group of people. You're going to be a new coach that's got to put a lot of things in place. It's it's a rebuild. Now, a rebuild doesn't mean five years. A rebuild could be a year and a half. Um, if you look at what Mick Cronin went out there and did at, at, at uh, UCLA, that was a that was a rebuild. He had to go out there. Of course, he had some players there. Don't don't get me wrong. There are different levels to a rebuild. I'm not talking about an extreme re rebuild. It could be a moderate rebuild. You know, he had to come and he had to instill his culture, and they're in the Final Four. Now, I'm not saying UC will be in the Final Four in two years, but I think there's a process that could happen to get there. Now, whoever this coach is has to jump in and, and get working on this portal right now and have a pulse on some of those kids that are in the portal. Now, that's the important thing of, like, you look at Eric Martin. I know he knows what's going on in the portal because he's recruiting those kids to West Virginia. Same with Ryan Peden. Ryan Peden's recruiting some high-level guys to Ohio State. Maybe we can pick off some of those guys. Now, Wes Miller, he's recruiting a little bit of a different athlete to Greensboro. Maybe 
maybe not that higher level that we need at the University of Cincinnati. So that will be interesting to see how he attacks that. Now, um, the, like I said, the recruiting locally, that guy has to look at a couple different things. The, the four players that are left here, you've got to re-recruit them. You've got to look at the portal. You've got to look at locally in the future. Okay, you can't just your, – your concern can't be I have to win next year because that's very difficult. You have to look at during this rebuild, I have to get my arms around Paul McMillan, Rayvon Griffith, Evan Mahaffey, uh Nate Dudukovic, there, and there are other players too I haven't even named. You have to get those guys engaged. And I think that can happen. Um, so I, I, some people ask me, um, the, the former players, how, how are we – like intertwined in this this whole dynamic of Bearcat basketball. Well, so let me say this. I, I This is my perspective, but Terry Nelson is the leader of – he's the uncle. He's the leader of the former players. Um, he has uh, a, a big voice in our city. Um, he speaks – you know, we speak to him. He speaks for a lot of us. Um, Terry's a great person. Um, and he's just a great sports uh, spokesperson for the University of Cincinnati basketball program and, and all alumni. So I think a lot of us communicate to Terry, and Terry gets that word out. Um, you know, Corey Blunt, um, he, he, he's another – I mean, gosh, what a guy who's rehabilitated his life. Um, his life story is absolutely amazing. I think he is a treasure um, in, in our community, and I wish, I wish we could highlight Corey Blunt more and more. Um, and, and so a lot of, I mean, James White, I, I've been talking to James White um, almost every other day right now. He wants to be a coach um, at the University of Cincinnati really bad, and getting James back would be a great thing. Ronald Allen, who's out in um, Los Angeles, California right now, and he's coaching. He wants, he's hit me up several times. He wants to get involved with coaching. Nick Van Exel's out there coaching. Eric Martin, Dermar Johnson, he wants to get involved in the NBA in the front office. So there are a lot of, lot of guys that are, are involved, want to get involved with coaching, how they fit at, at UC. I do think whoever the new coaches has to get some Bearcats on staff. I think that's very, very important. But I think our role has to be one of support. So we have to support that head coach. Um, you know, we have to be willing to mentor the players that are there and to provide them with um, any type of guidance or help that they need, that mentorship, because somebody mentored us. And in turn, we need to mentor them. Um, I would like for the former players to have more interaction with the athletic director and the president. Maybe there's a committee that's formed. Um, I don't have to be on that committee, but I think there are certain guys that need to be on that committee because of um, what they've done for the university in terms of being like Terry Nelson needs to be on that committee and spokesperson, like I said, Corey Blunt. And there's some guys of the past um, that need to be on there that need to have a voice. And I don't mean to say just former players that just played the last – 10, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, let's go back to 61, 62, the championship team. Those guys are so important. Tom Thacker, um, you know, and, and, and that whole generation, too, is very important. Um, so I, I, I personally think um, hopefully us former players will rally behind the new coach and help this coach, um, you know, have success. Because at the end of the day, um, I think we all benefit from the coach having success and the basketball team having success. Former players, it, it helps us out. Um, fans, you know, gosh, I mean, that means the world. Cincinnati, you know, we all think we're cursed. 
uh, sports-wise because of the whole Bo Jackson curse that is supposedly on, on Cincinnati sports. Um, and there'd be nothing better than watching the Bearcats, you know, get back to that level and, and making it to the uh, Final Four one day. Um, listen, I know a lot of people have, uh, you know, reached out to me about and talked to me about the uh, Under Armour's deals kind of going south here. And uh, they've talked to me about the Nike and brand Jordan. And I, I don't want to address some of those things because I, I do probably know more than I should. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people at the Jordan company and the heads there and because of my relationship with the Jordan brand and um, Nike folks. And so I will say that I, th- I would love to see uh, this Bearcat basketball program return to that. Um, and I will do whatever I can to help us return to that. And um, so I, I think it would, I think it would ignite the Bearcat fan base. So um, trust me, Bearcat fans, you don't even have to tweet me. Know that I'm working. Know that I'm here for making a return to that. And I will do whatever I, I possibly can. If it's small, it's small. If it's big, um, that I need to do, it will happen. Um, this segment was sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They have a new flexible bachelor's degree that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably, and you won't lose any credit or have to start over. Uh, once again, uh, the Bearcat Basketball Podcast is presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors and uh, thank you for your for your support of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And um, so, I, I, you know, I've talked enough. Uh, we should have a new basketball coach here really soon. I'm going to have to do another podcast and uh, give some thoughts. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Now, listen, I've got some future podcasts coming up that just throughout, throughout the rest of this year that I think are going to be fantastic. I'm going to do a podcast on the new coach that's hired. Uh, I still have former player interviews that will be coming. Um, I've got some surprise former players uh, interviews that are coming that people are going to love. I'm going to do that later in the summer. Uh, I'm going to do a podcast when we take an inside look at uh, UC academic support team. Like you think about, you know, these Bearcat players getting on the court. Well, how do they get on the court? You know, there's 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 a support system um, athletically. Like these these guys have to be eligible. How do these guys study when they're on the road? And so I'm going to do a, an entire podcast and a look at, you know, academically how do they keep these guys on the court? And then after they leave, you know, some of these guys have to graduate in different ways because maybe they're playing overseas or playing in the NBA or different things. So we're going to dive into that. And I, it really is fascinating if you really take a look at how that all operates. Um, I'm going to do one of my favorite one of my favorite podcasts I'm, I've been preparing for for a while. I'm going to do a one on the history of the Bearcat uniforms. Um, and I'm, I'm going to dive back all the way back, 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 back when they wore like belts on their shorts and the shorts were super short. Well, let me say this. I mean, shorts are going back short. Keith Williams shorts, I don't think they could get any shorter during the season. So I'm going to talk about the history of uh, UC uniforms and much, much more. I, mean, I have so many great podcasts I got lined up. I um, these Some of these former player ones are, are going to be uh, fantastic. So um, I really appreciate all the support and everybody uh, listening to the podcast and trusting me to, uh, you know, give you information um, and just content. I, I really I can't thank you guys enough. And once again, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M on my Facebook and LinkedIn. Alex Meacham. Snapchat at Big Meach 41. I'm on TikTok at Alex Meacham. 
41. I promise I'm gonna have some TikTok videos coming, me dancing and doing all that good stuff. Me dancing when we got a new coach and seeing what's up. So I'm gonna wrap up this podcast here. Um, and we should have a new coach here soon. You know what's funny? I've, I've got my phone off, so I'm gonna turn on my phone and I'll, we'll probably have a new coach and I'll be like, oh man. So uh, listen, I wanna thank everybody for listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats.